Hi everyone, welcome back to the little green pasture. Praise the Lord. Let us praise the Lord. Let us give thanks unto him and glorify him from day to day and make known his wonders and his works also from day to day. I love all those day to day verses because every day that we're alive on earth, it's a brand new day to start fresh, to start all over, and to begin by thanking him. Even in the hard places, which today I'm going to talk to you guys about praying the hard prayers. And I'm even going to title it Praying the Hard Prayers. Because many of these days are being faced with some hard news. And so I'm going to get into that today. But first I'm going to pray. Father in heaven, we come before you. I come before you. I know people are agreeing with me here today and, and they're opening up their hearts to you. But Lord, I I look to you, Lord God, and I, I ask you to give me everything that I need to speak your words by the power and through the power and from the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, you know I've been meeting with resistance this morning, and even now I can feel the resistance. But praise the Lord. The name of Jesus Christ is named upon me and named upon all those that are born again. And Lord, to those that are not born again and they're watching this message, Lord, let it still be for them and let them know that you are merciful even if they don't know you. So, Lord, I just ask you to be with my mouth, to sanctify it, to push back the enemy and put a restraint upon him. I pray, let your living waters flow through me in this dry and thirsty land where there is no water. I pray for the living water, Lord, that will spring up within me a well Lord, of living water, and let it flow, Lord, rivers, waterfalls through this little river bed. Lord, I do this all to you, and I commit it into your hands, and I pray, Lord God, give me joy, and give me strength, and give me the power to speak. Give me everything that I need to give this message and the freedom from the enemy. Praise the Lord, for I have set the Lord always before me because you are at my right hand, Lord. Therefore, I shall not be moved because you're not moved. Amen. In Jesus' name. So, yes, indeed. I know you guys caught that in the prayer about the resistance. I tried twice. I started recording and all of a sudden I just felt this heavy resistance. But. No resistance can resist the Holy Spirit. And so today I'm going to be talking about praying the hard prayers. And here's the reason why. Look, prayer is a vast economy. I could talk to you guys for the next year about prayer and it wouldn't even scratch the surface. And I don't, I don't even make myself to know anything. I speak only from experience and of what I'm certain of, what I've been assured of. And what I was taught firsthand by the Holy Spirit and his word. And I think in the one of the Psalms, it says, um, set to music, 
to the book of Jasher and the song was uh, the song was titled The Use of the Bow. Isn't that good? So let us take the use of the bow. And I could even turn it around and say, Lord, I'm going to take, I'm going to learn the use of the bow. And I'm going to learn where to straight point my arrows to you upwards. So I'm going to begin. Okay, so let me ask, let, let me ask you this question first. Have you ever received information to be to pray for, or maybe personally you received something in your family, or somebody has asked you to pray for a person uh, or a situation where it's so radical, it's so like you're in shock yourself, it's so beyond, um, like for instance, those floods in Pakistan or you know, or a person's life who's on the edge of eternity and you don't know whether or you don't know what to pray like the information is so great it just stops you you're like how is it that i can pray all these other prayers and sometimes we do struggle and we wrestle in those prayers but then the big one hits i now speak for myself because i think you already have said yes joan we know i know so recently all at once i got like five probably five different prayer requests from people that are saying look this is a desperate situation uh this family needs prayer for their loved their child who is teetering between life and death the parents are destroyed pray for this prayer. i'm not going to go through the, the five things but they all came at once like an avalanche of like i i felt like i i was paralyzed and and for an entire day i just sat there i'm talking the news i got about people they're suffering if i was to go through each of their things it's so overwhelming i'm like i can't even touch it i be and i was immediately in my mind talking to the lord from my heart because if i'm not feeling it then to me it's not prayer so I just want to just say this before I'm going to give you a lot of where I am in my prayer life. This does not mean you have to be me. This is an exercise. You're praying. Prayer has so many elements to it. You know, there's prayer that we give for food that we're thankful for. There's prayer. We pray over our family. Lord, bless them. Protect them while they drive on freeways, while they're flying in airplanes, going to school. We're praying those prayers. We pray for friends. Pray for this. And we have all these prayers, right? But I want to focus on the big ones that feel like a two by four really hits you on the side of the head and you sit down and you don't even know what to do. And so having all of this at once, I was like in a cyclone. And I said, I don't even know what to say, Lord. These people are asking me to pray. But the things I feel like I, I can't touch it with just mere words. I said, and something inside of me, because this is who I am. I said, Lord, I'm not going to open my mouth. I'm not going to open my mouth. I'm not going to say, Lord, I pray that you help those people and help that person and touch their body. I said, no, Lord, I'm not going to say a word. I said, I'm going to wait for you. Because if and when I do, not if, 
Because when I do pray for them, and I'm going to get into the when, it's going to be because you've moved my heart or it's no prayer at all to me. I don't want flat prayers. I don't want to talk to the great high priest who has been raised up higher than the heavens to fill all things. I thought, I'm not coming before you, Lord, empty and flat. And that's how I felt. I'll be straight up with you guys. Empty. And I thought, I feel like even words I can try to accumulate. It won't touch what they need. So all day long, I was heavy in my heart about it. And then I, that night I went to bed and I said, before I fell asleep, I said, Lord, you see all these people that asked me to pray. I said, but how can I pray when I feel nothing at all? Oh, sure, Lord, I can pray raw faith prayers, feeling nothing. And that's another episode, praying in raw faith, where sometimes we don't wait to feel things where I just go full bore head on into the battlefield because at the degree each of us are trained, we pray that way. Okay, so I don't rely, let me just be clear, I don't rely and I'm not that kind of person. I pray all kinds of prayers. If I had to wait for what I'm feeling, then how do I know that I'm always in the will of God? There's things where I go, I know what the Lord thinks of about that. I know what his judgment is on that. Why do I need to feel anything? But when it comes to particular things, I go, these are people's very life. That lives hanging on the balance between life and death and extreme suffering. I said, Lord, I feel like I don't have the ground for that. And I was praying that that night. It was just a few words. I said, Lord, give me, give me your heart. Move in me. Stir me up. Give me the heart to pray so that when I pray for them, I will pray in power and by the spirit of the Lord. I fell asleep. I woke up and my eyes just like, I woke up like my eyelids slammed open. I laid there, my, I, I was like, I was awake like this. And I go, what time is it? I looked, it was 1.14. I got out of bed. I went out into the living room and the power was present. And he gave me what I needed, not just to mention their names, not just to say, okay, Lord, here's the information I gave. No, the Holy Spirit came in with power and he made what was impossible for me to pray for the impossible. Do you, do you follow what I'm saying? I have some scriptures I'm going to take you through. And so I pray really in my heart that you will never forget these scriptures. Let me move this over. That you'll never forget these scriptures and that you're going to remember that there is a process to this kind of prayer. Notice I couldn't just go and pray. It wasn't like some me praying for somebody for something that, you know, because I, I feel like this. 
most of us have gone through what each other has gone through. So we know how to pray the prayer, right? Like we know what it feels like to go without. So we can from our heart go, Lord, have mercy on that person. They need new tires for their car. They need to get to work. I remember, Lord, when that happened to me. So you see, there's 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 your spirit being moving in prayer towards the Lord. But when they're the hard ones, I've never been in that situation before. And because I want to pray those prayers from a pure heart, then I have to be pure in the handling of those prayers. My conscience has to be pure. And I sought for the Lord who heard me. And he gave me the power to pray for each person in depth, being led by him. I'm going to start at Nehemiah 1 through 4. And I'm going to lay out before you what to do and how to pray the hard prayers. I'm going to read from Nehemiah 1 through 4. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month Kislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace. Then Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. You know, sometimes we get information that we have to process first because we have to first, he's, we have to hear it, right? It says that I, I heard these words and the sitting down is the next step. You have to sit down. You, you, you got to let yourself absorb these words because at this point, you get the feeling, I think it's more than a feeling, that he was so overwhelmed, he really didn't know how to pray. And I think that how he was taking it, at, you know, about what he heard um, was very devastating to him. Because, see, at this point, the Jews were allowed to return to Jerusalem after the 70-year Babylonian captivity. And only a remnant was left of them that returned. And they came back from captivity to ruins, to destruction, to their temple burned down where they met with God. That had probably, they knew it was burned down and everything was in rubble and there was nothing left for them. And so this devastated him. So he sat down and he cried and mourned certain days and fasted. And then he prayed before the God of heaven. 
something has to work get down deep inside of you in these hard prayers because you know that you can't just go in and say lord i pray for so and so's loved one touch them move upon them heal them it's just words to me that's how it feels because if i don't feel my prayer if i'm not stirred in my spirit by the power of the holy spirit what am i doing because i want to honor god because that thing is so great i don't want to touch it i can't even begin to touch it but he can touch it let me keep going Ezra 1 9. Here's another layout. Now went 1 through 9, 1 through 9, Ezra. Now, when these things were done, the princes came to me saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the lands, doing according to their abominations, even of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites. The Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. Yea, the hand of the princes and rulers have been chief in this trespass. And here we have it. And when I heard this thing, I rent my garment and my mantle and plucked off the hair of my head and of my beard and sat down astonied, meaning astonished. Then were assembled unto me everyone that trembled at the words of the God of Israel because of the transgression of those that had been carried away, and I sat astonied until the evening sacrifice and at the evening sacrifice i arose up from my heaviness and having rent my garment and my mantle and i fell down upon my knees and i spread out my hands unto the lord my god see he sat all day nehemiah went certain days before he could pray I believe that he had to work out that grief, you know, the tearing, the plucking, that is extreme grief. And he's grieving for an additional grief of seeing all the people that went there. You just read why. And he was, Ezra was a ready scribe. And he was a righteous man. And he saw all this. But notice there was people that sat with him too. Sometimes that happens with bad news. People come around you and they sit around you, but no one's praying because even they're devastated with the news. So they're sitting with you all day into the evening. But you see, there comes a point where now you get down on your knees. Now you will rise up to pray. I think about King Hezekiah when Sennacherib sent Sennacherib, uh, the king, the Assyrian king sent Rabshakeh, his general, against the Jews, saying, "We're going to take you captive." So you could read that Isaiah 37, and he the, he taunted all the Jews that were there, and then of course the priests 
uh, that were there. You could read about it. You know, they were like, you know, speak only unto us in the Hebrew language. And he's like, look, all of you. And he was bragging about how his gods are going to, you know, always gave them power over all these nations and countries. And that he even lied and said, and God, meaning your God told me that I'm going to take over. So these men went to Hezekiah. Hezekiah, Isaiah 37, 1. Here's what it says. And it came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it, that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And he took this letter that was written to scare everybody and he spread it out in the presence of the Lord and he cried out unto the Lord. See, there was a process. He heard, he rent his mantle. He clothed himself with sackcloth. He went into the house of the Lord. He sat down. He spread it out, the, the letter, and he read it before the Lord. And then he prayed. And Isaiah came the next day. And he said, thus saith the Lord to you. And God answered. And with Ezra, God heard that prayer that Ezra spoke. And he answered it. Same with Nehemiah. I want to look at an account with Jesus. Let's look at what happened with Jesus. It says in Luke 22, 39 in Gethsemane, it says, and he went, he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. Now here's the part. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer, he was come to his disciples and he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why sleep you rise and pray lest you enter into temptation. And you see the thing that he did see Jesus had just had the Passover meal with his disciples. He said with suffering, I'm going to suffer. This is the blood that is the New Testament in my name. I mean, drink ye all of it because he was going to fully drink of that cup too. He knew what was going to happen to him. And it was too, too hard for him humanly. Notice it says, and he came out and he went up to the Mount of Olives. And I think to myself, I think, you know, I look at the Mount where I think of the Mount of God. Where God resides, where Christ now right now resides on the sides of the north of the heavenly Mount Zion. And he went up to that Mount of Olives. He went into that garden. That was his, one of his favorite retreats. But that garden became a very dark place. He was, we clearly know what he was facing. And, I, and we know what he was facing, but we'll never understand it. We'll, we'll learn for it 
about it forever and eternity. And notice his disciples are following him, but he comes to that place. He stops. He comes to the place. And he tells them, pray that you don't enter into temptation. He's always mindful of those that he loves. Even when he was facing his brutal death that was about to happen. And then it says, then he withdraws himself a stone cast away. He kneels down. He prays. And he's asking. And I don't believe, I, I believe these words that he's saying. I mean, if we could hear them, we'll never hear them. But his disciples heard them, those words. And he said, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me, not my will, but thine. And then there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Let me just pause right there. See, when I prayed and I make myself nothing, he stands unique forever and alone. But you see, I didn't have the power to pray those hard prayers. And I wasn't going to flip some coin into something and say, there's my part. I hate that. I refuse to pray any of those. Because to me, that's not praying. I want to be able that I know. I want to go before the one whom I know, whose character that I know. The tried and true character of Christ. Experientially. And that. I couldn't even get myself there. I had to ask him to give me the power to pray and the strength to pray. And he gave it to me. And here we have Jesus. He's praying. And sometimes I think it's much more than like, Lord, if you, if it's possible, there's something about prayer that supersedes and goes beyond what we are seeing in this garden or what we're seeing praying in the hard places, the hardest Prayers to pray become our Gethsemanes. Do you understand me? Where we go up to a mountain. Where we fall down and we get down on our knees. There's a process. We've heard what's coming. We've heard what happened. We sit down. We weep. We mourn certain days and fast. And then we pray. Or like Ezra, we heard we hear what happened we rent we rend our mantles our spiritual mantles because you know why something tears us it's we it's like that is such a symbol for us like we don't wear those mantles we don't rip our clothes open but spiritually when we get bad news that we have to pray it tears us open it's not status quo prayer time it requires power to pray it requires power you and I do not have. We don't possess it. But they're prayers that must be prayed. They're prayers that we're praying to a very real person. And like Ezra, he when he said, I I tore when I heard these words, I cry. He said, What did he say? I, let me just go back to I just want to look at it for a second. He said, I rent my garment and my mantle. So he's just not ripping one thing. He's ripping something and he's tearing something else off. And the plucking of the hair of the head, we're talking about 
incredible intensity that we don't even understand about pulling your hair out of your head and your beard, pulling your beard off. But he said he sat there in shock, a stonied, unbelievable, paralyzed until the evening sacrifice. And then at the evening sacrifice, he arose up from his heaviness having rent his garment and his mantle. And he said, I fell upon my knees and I spread out my hands unto the Lord, my God. Now he was ready. Jesus in the garden, Hezekiah, let's go back to Hezekiah one more time. Hezekiah, he knows who Sennacherib is. He knows about this powerful Assyrian conquering king. And he's like, we're no match. And it says, when he heard it, he rent his clothes. Because it tears something open in our soul. And he covered himself with sackcloth cloth, and he went into the house of the Lord. He sat down. He spread out the letter. He read the letter before the Lord. And then he prayed. And he called upon the Lord. And the Lord answered him. Jesus in the Gethsemane, he goes up to the mount. He finds the place. He withdraws himself even further, a stone cast away. He kneels down. He prays, Father, if you're willing, let this cup pass from me. Then an angel strengthened him. You see, even in the middle of his prayer, I don't know what that prayer would have been. I'm sorry, there's here. I don't know what his prayer would have been had not that angel strengthened him in the middle of it. Luke is the only one that records this. He had to give him power to pray two more times. That's how I read it. He had to get it out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Prayer isn't just getting, you're getting something out. You're agonizing and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. See, there is a depth. There is a going down deep into a place that goes beyond the norm. That goes beyond. It takes you further than you ever went before. You know why? Because when you hear hard things, it tears the mantle of your spirit. It tears the garment of your spirit. You can't do anything. You sit down and you 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 mourn, you fast, you and you're in a garden. You're in it's no longer a garden anymore. It's a place of torture in a way. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and so on. But that's not even, I don't even need to go any further about them. But you know what I believe? I'll say, yeah, let me say one thing about them. They were there and then they saw him pray. Not all of them, only three of them. You see, there is many. See, here's what Satan does. See, he comes around 
when he sees you have received some very bad news, you're paralyzed. You can't even form a word to come out of your mouth. You choke on every word. They stop short in your mouth. You're empty and you don't know why. And it adds to this grievous frustration where you're like, I can't even pray. And this is what I need to pray. See, that's when the enemy says, tempts you. That's why Jesus is saying to them, because it's odd, isn't it? When he says, pray, rise and pray, lest ye enter not into temptation. Because you see, who knows what was happening when Jesus was praying? We just know he was praying. Is that a veiled reference? That Satan was there in that garden as he was in the Garden of Eden? Is it a veiled reference that Satan himself was saying things to him and he needed strength to pray through? He needed to get to that place because at first, what did it start out with? Father, if you're willing, let this cup pass from me. And then he prayed, and then the angel strengthens him. Now he's able to say, Father, if you're willing, uh, you know, he, he prays, you know, he goes on to pray the same thing. It says it in Matthew. It says, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. You know, he, we know he says the flesh is willing, the spirit, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, we try to pray in the weakness of our flesh and we don't even realize it. We're like, I just can't. I don't know. It's too heavy for me. Um, I, I don't even know what to say to God. I can't even touch upon it. Um, I'll pray, but I'll tell you something. I'm pretty accurate, I believe, when I say many of you who attempt to pray for others who have a child, a friend or a situation or whatever the information has come into your ears. Um, that you've tried to pray maybe one or two days, but it's too heavy for you. And somehow you just kind of make peace with God about it. And you say, look, Lord, I know this is heavy, but it's just too heavy for me. First of all, God's not asking you to carry that burden. He's asking you to place that on him. He's the only one anyway that can help. Ask God, say, if you really have a heart, like in your heart, not that you're ready to pray that prayer, stop. Don't do it until you mean what you say. Go to him. It's okay. You know, somebody, I need you to pray right now. Then go ahead and pray a prayer right now. But then go back and sit down. Seek the Lord. Ask him. Give me your power to pray. Because see, Satan does not want you to pray. You know, a friend uh, told me the other day, she said, Joni, I was at my church and she said there was a, a, a woman that, you know, most people knew, I believe she said, you know, it was known anyway, that she had cancer and everybody had been praying for her, I, I suppose there was, there been people praying for, her. and she said there was one day during worship um, and during worship, she felt that God, she said she heard God say in her heart, I want the church to pray for so-and-so. And she said she saw the pastor leave and go to the bathroom. And she said, because, you know, I mean, come on, approaching, you know, the pastor, not that we're, we put him on a pedestal or anything, but, you know, he's in his 
momentum and he's coming back, he's getting ready to do it, whatever it is, you know, that they do. So, you know, it is kind of, you know, daunting a little bit to stop him in the, you know, and say, can, you know, and to say, I heard from the Lord, there's a lot, you got to have courage to do that. And I know this girl, she had that, she was, you know, she had the courage, she got up. And when he came back, she caught him before he came all the way into the church. And she said, look, pastor, I, I felt that while we were worshiping, I heard the Lord say that he wants the church to pray right now for so-and-so. And he scoffed at her. And I go, what do you mean he scoffed at you? What did he say? She goes, he didn't say anything. He just went ah, like that and walked away. And I go, I just was like, wow, okay. Um, and she said, you know, a couple of days later, she died. Now, let me just say this. We don't know what would or could have happened had he obeyed and said, look, you know what? You guys right now, we're going to pray before I get started for so-and-so. We know what's going on with her, but I was alerted to pray, to have all of us pray. So let's agree together as touching upon her, standing in the gap, and make up a hedge about our sister, and let the sovereign Lord do what he will. She went home to be with the Lord. Now, I don't know what that would have done, but God is sovereign. Who knows why he wanted that prayer, but should we say no? See, Satan doesn't want you to pray. So if you, when you hear a hard thing and then you go, I just feel like it's too heavy for me. Look, that's fine. God's not going to hang you up on that. But if in you and you're a person that really wants to pray and you're like, I want to pray, Joni, but I'm flat. I'm empty. Come on, let's just be real with each other. Okay, there's no religious. I felt power. No, you don't. And no, neither did I. Be real. And when you can be real with God, I did. I said, I feel absolutely nothing. I confess it to you. But God, give me the power to pray. I said, give me a heart to pray that I may pray from a pure heart to the pure God, to our holy God. And he gave it to me. You know, it says in Romans 8, 26, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us, for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Listen, you know, people will say, well, you know, that means tongues. No, it doesn't. Listen, you can be the Holy Spirit in us. We don't, we cannot define him perfectly. Let him go. Let him be in you, do, doing his thing in you. It's not on you to lift, do all the heavy lifting. We're to cast these heavy things upon Jesus Christ. He wants us to. He loves those that are suffering. He knows exactly what to do. And he's sovereign. And I don't believe in this name it and claim it, I bow before him. We bow before the living God. And like Jesus, who was given strength right in the middle of his prayer, doesn't that speak to you? Doesn't that speak to you that that prayer wasn't so much like, Lord, if there's another way, it's like he was getting his stuff out before he can say, settled, done, I'm at peace with it in my humanity part of myself. Father, 
now thy will be done. And we trust him, don't we? So I wanted to share that with you guys today. You know, I'm going to share one last story and then I'll let you go. There was years ago, I was fighting for one of my sons in prayer. And it was a war campaign of war campaigns. And uh, I was definitely going heavy into prayer. And it was a prescribed war. And I knew it. And there was one day that I felt like the bottom dropped out from me. Now, let me pause there. I, I, I stood there. I couldn't pray. I, was, I don't know what it is. I didn't even feel the enemy. It's not even the enemy. I don't know what happened. I have no faith. I feel void and empty of faith. And then I had remembered something Charles Spurgeon said. He said there was one day, and I had remembered this from years back. Charles Spurgeon was saying he was facing something really heavy. He was having to pray for something. He said there was one day that he was on his knees and he was praying. And in a flash, all of a sudden, he said, I was empty. I had no faith. I didn't, I was empty. He said, I felt horrified. And he cried out and said, Lord, Jesus, I have no faith. Give me faith. He said, and in that moment, it was like a bolt of lightning came into him and power came in. And, you know, I remembered that in that moment. And I got down on my knees like these men. I got down on my knees and I said the very words he did. And I said, Jesus, I have no faith. I am empty. And I said, Lord, give me faith. Give it to me now. And I, yell, I yelled it out. And the same thing happened to me instantly. Pow, because it does. It comes right up in here like this. And I rose up and I warred in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I knew full well the Holy Spirit was in me, was attacking him. It was one of the most powerful things. I ever saw and experienced in the unseen and the seen. So remember, when it comes down for you to pray the hard prayers, slow down. Don't be driven into some, I better do it now. I better do it now. Wait for your prayer. Go to the Lord. Cry, sob, get it out. Wait for God to strengthen you in your garden your garden of Gethsemane and God will strengthen you the same as he strengthened his son, the same that Jesus told his disciples, pray that you enter not into temptation because he was sh sharing with them when you're in my shoes, when you're in my case, because you will be not that he said those words. He knew they would be. Begin praying now that you do not enter into temptation because the spirit is always willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. From now on, when you pray those hard prayers, you do those steps and you let the power come in and let the Holy Spirit pray it in you. And you will see the hand of the Lord and his glory and his goodness in the land of the living.